Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. A lot of people do ask, do you speak about anything before you come on air? Do you plan this show? Uh, we don't plan it. Uh, but Holly, uh, I don't mind you telling people what we're talking about just before we came on air. Coronation Street, you were trying to convince me to become a Corrie fan, even though I've never watched it in my life. Then he goes straight in for the deep end and goes, watch the double episode. I was like, oh, wait, man, I've never watched it. And you want us to watch the double episode? Monday's episode, oh, left on a cliffhanger. Definitely worth I watching. Watch I'll, be, it. I'll be tuning in tonight. I'll have my cuppa, I'll have my slippers on. I'll be sitting watching it tonight. But uh, not after. We have an hour chatting about the departure. God, how long have we waited to say that? Of Steve Bruce. He's gone. The yellow ticker tape was there on the bottom of Sky Sports News at 10.30 this morning. I was sitting in uh, Newcastle in a meeting uh, when I got the uh, the text off you, Holly, and numerous other people to say that Bruce has finally gone. Um, it was long overdue. I think most of us felt that anyway. I don't think you would have survived, you know, at any other club after such a horrendous run of games. But he's gone. What was your first impression, Holly, when you heard the news? course I was delighted to hear that he left the football club I think initially we were quite surprised that he was going to be in the dugout for that Spurs game on Sunday but then eventually Amanda watched the game with her own eyes as well as the other owners and I think they saw for themselves why he's such a problem at the football club and how we aren't going to get a single win this season if he continues because I think if he stayed as manager you know it would have been the season that he eventually took us down because Luke's been on his side for the previous two seasons he's done okay but this year it really caught up with them and we were just dreadful on and off the pitch there was a lot of upset off the pitch as well so I think now it feels like we're moving in the right direction start uh finally it's starting to feel like we're leaving the Mike Ashley era behind because I think Steve Bruce was a constant reminder that of what had been there before and we want to get away from that as quickly as possible well I do anyway um so hopefully Graham Jones can now step up and we get something out of Palace because I think we really really need to start kicking on now because it is starting to worry me a little bit yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, my first person that I thought of today when I saw Steve Bruce was leaving was Stu Flyboy, who's in our um, texts every night. And as most regular viewers will know, um, at least 15 times a night, he puts Bruce out on the screen. Um, now, I'm not sure what Stu is going to say tonight. Um, in fact, I've just seen Rachel ask him that very question on YouTube's chat. And Stu says... He's speechless. Yeah, I, I, he's lost the words. Now maybe he's just going to say Bruce is out all night. Why Bruce not? Bruce is out, yeah. Maybe he's out, yeah. I mean, that's it. Ashley's out, Bruce is out. And, uh, you know, we start with a clean slate. So, um, yeah, Stu, uh, surprise us tonight. You're going to have to come up with something else on a regular basis. But uh, as always, we tend to hand over uh, the show to people in the chat. So make sure you get some points and comments in. And at some point, we will come to them. Um <laughs> Just want to ask you, Holly, really about Steve Bruce and, you know, how will we remember him, I guess, um, in the future? How will, how will Newcastle United fans remember Steve Bruce? I think he certainly will be remembered by Newcastle fans, all for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. I think it'll be mostly not necessarily what he did on the pitch, because let's be honest, that was pretty forgettable, but more so what he did off the pitch. I mean, constantly, he had a media nightmare every week in the press conference. There was always a comment that just made you think, oh my God, I can't believe this guy is representing our football club. Of course, there's the iconic moments of how's the bacon, did you say, which is probably what will stick in my mind. Um, but 
yeah, I think certainly the constant digs at, at the fans. He even had one on his exit today. Um, it just it didn't bode well whatsoever. A reminder of that Ashley Eva and probably a fitting manager to for Ashley to go out on because he really he was a yes man. He summed up what Ashley stood for. His ambition was 17th and he didn't try for any harder than that, unfortunately. Um, and certainly the football, I mean, what you even say about it? He was here three years and he still didn't know what his, his best team was. He was constantly switching the formation, putting players in, taking players out, making bizarre substitutions, always far too late in the game before we had a chance to actually do anything um, and bringing on... I mean, just on Sunday, you look, he brought he took off Callum Wilson, our only striker, played ESM up top, who clearly isn't a striker, and then brought Ryan Fraser onto the pitch, who's a right-sided midfielder. Just totally bizarre. Two sides to the Steve Bruce story, um, and covered by the journalists, I guess. I mean, Luke Edwards, surprise, surprise, had an exclusive interview with Steve Bruce. We did tell everybody on here that uh, those two were rather close, and I think it started becoming more apparent as the sack grew ever closer. So, yeah, S- Steve Bruce in his interview with Luke Edwards was highlighting, um, I guess, the abuse that he suffered at the hands of the supporters. Um, although I feel he got off rather lightly because for the best part of his time at Newcastle, there was no fans in the stadium due to the COVID restrictions. But, uh, you know, he said that he was targeted and, you know, that he felt that it was going to be his last job in football, um, you know, because, you know, being, you know, judged before he got here, judged when he was here, not given a chance. He felt rather hard done by. So that was one way of looking at it. Craig Hope, of course, a man banned from St James's Park because of his uh, constant run-ins and constant exposés on the Bruce regime. Um, he came out with this on his Twitter today, which is obviously part of an article in the Daily Mail. Steve Bruce's time at NUFC was a joyless regression. He inherited a defensive wall and left behind a pile of bricks, all the while antagonising fans and passing the book. It is a myth too that he never stood a chance. He was judged on the job he did. And I think Craig Hope has nailed it with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a really good summary of it. However, me personally, I'm a little bit in between Craig Hope and Luke Edwards because I think he did come into the club in a very fragile situation. He was kind of set up to fail in some ways because it would have been hard for any manager coming in in that situation. Um, after replacing Rafa Benitez, the club had regressed. Um, Rafa Benitez didn't really leave on the greatest of terms. He was 11th choice manager. A lot of people didn't want him at the football club before he came here because obviously in the past he's highlighted the fact that Newcastle's never been his dream job, had clear buys towards Manchester United. And, and, of course, managed our biggest rivals in Sunderland. So a lot of people weren't his biggest fan, which I can understand. Um, so that would have been difficult for him. Me personally, of course, there's a little bit of bitterness there, but I, I ultimately want to see him succeed because if he succeeds, Newcastle does well, and that's my number one priority. And I think he did have it OK. I think people did start to get behind him in the first season because we didn't do too badly. But then, ultimately, when he made some signings in the likes of Bentaleb, Lazaro, Rose in that January window, I think people could start to see probably wasn't the most switched on when it comes to recruiting players because the previous signings, the likes of ASM and Joe Linton, weren't actually his recruitment. They were brought in before he officially joined the club. Um, and then I think maybe things started to turn a bit. And then this season, it did get really, really toxic towards him, and rightly so. I think there has been a bit of criticism of him across the years. Of course, he's had a lot of per. At all, and we, we can't ignore that, but as well, 
um, I think he's brought a lot of it on himself. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, you paused there. So that's why I went, oh, but then you came back. So never mind. Just a slight internet issue. Um, Okay. Steve Bruce is gone. I'm sure we'll touch on him as the rest of the programme goes on. Lots of questions coming in. Lots of people wanting our opinions on various things. Keith, uh, we'll kick off with him. He says, Fonseca is currently out of work and an interest, an interested club wouldn't need to pay compensation. He won three domestic doubles in his three seasons as manager of Shakhtar Donetsk between 2016 and 2019. I've seen a lot of people pro and a lot of people against Fonseca. Um, he's on the list by all accounts, if you believe Sky. Um, they've got things fairly right so far. Seem to have a good in with the new owners. Um, is Fonseca a name that, uh, you know, interests you, excites you? Potentially. I don't know a great deal about him. I've done a little bit of research into his career since, obviously, we've been linked with him. He's managed a lot in Portugal. Portuguese league isn't a lot of what I watch personally. He had Roma as his past club, um, his most recent club, which he did pretty good there. He's got quite a good win ratio, to be fair to him. Um, certainly, he's not too old. He's 45, I think he is. So he's kind of still starting to get the reins within football management. Um, potentially, he could be a, a good manager, but I wouldn't like to see him given a lengthy contract if he was to come in. Even if we gave a manager till the end of the season, then I think that could potentially be a good thing. I think he has probably got an exciting style of football. I've watched a few clips. So I'm not against it. Not someone I would originally expect us to go for. But if it was a short-term contract, then I would say go for it. Yeah, Fonseca for me, um, I think would be a good fit. Um, certainly a lot different to what we've had. Um, be interested to see whether Graham Jones hangs around and works with him. And that that would be that would be of interest. That's a, That's the next question, I think. Um, of the other names mentioned, we've covered a lot of them on this show before. Uh, we've spoken about them as well. Eddie Howe, I would imagine if he, you know, is is in consideration, I think would excite a lot of fans. Um, forget the fact that, you know, he took Bournemouth down. And I mean, that was off the back of the fact that Bournemouth had succeeded in the Premier League. He, remember how he got them there. He got them there. They were exciting. They were well drilled. And he, he did well to get them there. Then he had to consolidate. He kept them there. And like all smaller clubs in the Premier League, he had to sell his star players to survive. You know what I mean? And, and that ultimately led to, to Bournemouth's downfall. And I mean, no doubt about it, that the, the relegation season wasn't great. Which Tell me a relegation season that is. But a lot of fans probably unfairly judging them on that. I think when you look at the other potentials, I don't know why, but Gerard excites me as a potential prospect of coming. He didn't say that he wouldn't come. Very good at interviews and very clever uh, at putting his point across. As I've said in the past, you know, the fact that there is a, a Liverpool connection working behind the scenes now at Newcastle and a man who worked with him at Rangers in, uh, you know, could see Gerard potentially, you know, give up Rangers and come here. He's worked at Rangers. It's a big club. Newcastle's a big club. He could he could stand the pressure, I think. Lampard, I, I think, you know, when Malcolm McDonald did uh, the the aftermatch talking at the Dog and Parrot on Sunday, he put a good face, he put a good case forward for Lampard. Um, he did well at Chelsea. He, he's good at working with youngsters, um, can work to a budget. Um if it was between Gerard and Lampard for me, I would prefer Gerard. I have to be honest, only because of the success he's had, albeit in Scotland. Um, other names, I think, were you know, 
I don't know. I, I don't think there's much credence in them. I think we are literally down to a, a small list, maybe three or four managers. But that's my that's my opinion. Um, you know, just on those other managers again, we've spoken about them before. Holly, what what would your take be? I mean, is, is there a preference out of those three? Let's let's just whittle it down to Fonseca, Eddie Howe, Gerard. If you had to pick one, who would you pick? Gerard would be my first choice out of those three. I think he's the most established, got a bit of success, and I think he's got the right type of mentality that it takes for managing Newcastle, because I think that's a big thing that a lot of people underestimate. It takes a, a very strong character to take this job, because you are up for a lot of criticism. We saw that in some managers that we've had in the past, and ultimately I think that was one of Steve Bruce's downfalls, the fact that he, he really let things get to him and, and made an, an embarrassment of himself when he did speak about the club so I think Gerard would probably be top of that list for me Fonseca probably second and then was it Eddie Howe the other choice yeah and then Eddie Howe would probably be bottom I was really against Eddie Howe at one point actually however now I'm of the mindset that we should probably bring in a manager for the short term and then obviously to steady the ship almost to get us out of relegation where we stabilize us in mid-table then maybe target a, a bigger name manager in the future when we are ready to go on and challenge do you think the same yeah, I mean, I think I think that's part of the plan anyway, Holly. I think that they are looking really to to get a, a a manager in really who is is going to start the ball rolling. I think they will have their eyes on bigger names in the future. But I think somebody will come in on a two or three year deal, and hey, it could be a huge success. I mean, people pointing at Fonseca's record and saying it's not great. You know, he did win back to back doubles, as has already been uh, explained there. Uh, by one of the, our regular viewers, um, but I'll I'll play devil's advocate here. Kevin Keegan came in when Newcastle were second bottom of the the old second division, facing a drop into the third division for the first time in their history. He had no managerial experience whatsoever. He had been playing on golf for seven years after retiring from professional football at Newcastle United. So Keegan came in, and they just had that effect. Um, it's the right person at the right time. And if they're the right fit, it works. And it's as simple as that. The wrong person at the wrong time is not, not going to work. But they get somebody who can come in and coach these players and then work well in the transfer market between now and January. They bring those players in early in January and they can get them in and gel and work into the way that the rest of the squad have been working between now and January. It, it should be a formality staying up. And staying up is the key. Stay up this season. Newcastle United can build and grow from there. And already little things happening, you know, away from the football. Um, you know, I'm sure that they're looking at training facilities. I'm sure they're looking at, you know, expanding the ground. I'm sure they're looking at getting the pigeon out the Gallagher end. They've already cleaned the windows today. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's going to be little things happening each day. And I think it's a massive, massive positive. And I think the atmosphere pretty much... And then the atmosphere at the game, which I'm sure will come to as well, you know, it just bodes well. It's a different club now. And the removal of Bruce was the final, the final, you know, final thing. Well, not quite the final thing, because we need to get rid of some rather disgusting looking signs, advertising signs in the ground. But once they're gone, you know, we will have finally moved on from the Ashley era. Um, we'll touch on the game uh, before we come back to people's questions and stuff that they want to talk about. Um what a game, Holly, and, and not in the sense of the, the game itself on the pitch, because we were poor, and that's being polite. Um, 
with the exception of the opening 10 minutes. But just the build-up, the pre-match, outside the ground, inside the ground, the build-up to kick off, the welcome for the new chairman and the new owners, war flags back in the ground, in the atmosphere. I mean, give us your feelings about that whole you know, scene that you saw. It was a very special game, certainly. Um, it's one that I'll remember, and not like you said, not necessarily for what happened on the pitch because that was poor, but just what happened off the pitch. I think I was at St James's Park really early, and already it was absolutely packed. Normally, you don't see it that busy till like twenty minutes before kickoff when you're rushing in last minute, but it was just bouncing everywhere, all the bars, even just in the street, people talking, and everyone was in such good spirits. I mean. Outside Nine Bar in the beer garden, there was so much singing. Like it was, it was louder than St James's Park is at times because it's been so so dull over the years, especially in recent years under Steve Bruce. Um, and then you got into the ground, and the flags were amazing. To be honest, I thought they were really really good. And I think obviously they used the words from Big River by Jimmy Neal, and they they played the song to go with the the flags. And I thought it was just it was emotional actually. You know, it did have a lump in my throat seeing that because it really did remind us that. Things have changed and we do have our football club back now and going into the game, the atmosphere was fantastic as well. The welcome to the, the new chairman and then as well, Amanda, Mia, Dad and, and everyone else's celebrations when that first goal went in was great to see because I don't think we've ever seen Mike Ashley celebrate like that. It was really, really nice to see those pictures. Um, but yeah, just the, the noise was fantastic. And then I think we did get a bit of a reminder to come back down to earth a little bit because things hadn't changed too much once we saw the football and it died down a little bit. But ultimately throughout that game, I think it just really was a celebration of freedom almost from Mike Ashley. Celebration of freedom. It certainly was. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I did a stint at the food bank with Steve Hasty. Um, Amazing to see so many people from the show, people who watch the show. Um, thanks for coming up and saying hi. Thanks for coming up and... And, and shaking our hands and, and thanks for making a donation. I mean, the food bank took a record amount on uh, Sunday as well, which is fantastic. And of course, any amount raised on a match day is going to be matched by the Rubens, which was a fantastic gesture. So, you know, to, to hear the the amount that they made was, was fascinating. But yeah, great to meet so many people. Um, but yeah, it was a carnival-like atmosphere and that was something we hadn't seen since the days of Kevin Keegan and the entertainers. And it was great. I bumped into a few younger supporters uh, during the weekend town um, and they were going is that what it was like during the entertainers era and I said yeah I mean that, that was that was what it was like all the time you know you're going up to the ground with an expectation with a hope and that's all we ever wanted you know we, we don't expect and we've said this many times you've said it on interviews with various national media outlets as I have over the years we don't expect to win trophies we don't demand trophies we just want a chance to, to have that bit of hope that every other football team supporter has when he goes to, to watch his team play in the FA Cup, the League Cup, the UEFA Cup, the Champions League, the, the Premier League, whatever. Um, every supporter should have a right to be able to dream. And that was taken away from us under that previous regime. And now we've got it back. So, you know, good. OK, Tom, he says, uh, Stephen Ollie, what's your thoughts on Newcastle on Arabic clothing and Middle East uh, inspired head coverings at the match? Well, it's interesting this, uh, Tom, and I'm glad you've asked the question because I've agreed to go on to uh, Abu's podcast, the Muslim Geordie podcast. Um, I'm doing that Friday night uh, after the return of the three amigos. Um, and of course, we will be covering the Newcastle United Saudi takeover. But I spoke with Abu today and I know he's in the chat tonight. And 
it was interesting. I think that debate will be interesting on on his show. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't think the people wearing the headdress or wearing the uh, the robes were doing that to, to 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 poke fun. I personally felt that they were doing it out of respect. And what I'll always point back to is I'll point back to two things, and two things. One which may not be in many people's recent memory because you've got to be of a certain age, a certain vintage. Um, and another one which possibly covers Holly's time being a supporter. Mirandina, Francisco and Andy Lima de Silva, signed for Newcastle United. First Brazilian to play in what is now the Premier League, but was the first division. Um, his name is Mirandina. He's not from Argentina. He's from Brazil. He's brill. We all went out as young supporters before his debut at St. James's Park, and we all bought sombreros. And we all wore sombreros at the match. And a little bit of ignorance on our behalf, because some sombreros uh, aren't Brazilian. They're actually Mexican. But you get the picture. A lot of us wore sombreros. There's actually a very famous picture of the, in the Evening Chronicle of two lads sitting at the back of the Gallagher on someone's shoulders wearing sombreros. But we were all that case, and we wore them to the match. In more recent times, when Graham Carr was uh, trolling uh, France for the young and up-and-coming talent, um, I do believe we signed a lot of French players, Holly. And if memory serves me correctly, we actually had a French day at St. James's Park, where the biggest debate I remember afterwards being, why on earth are people wearing half-and-half half shirts? And there was actually some half-and-half half shirts made, I think, by Toffs. I'll stand corrected if it wasn't them. But half black and white and half France international tops. But they were made it specifically for that. And because we were signing so many French players, Kabai, Debussy, etc., etc. So there was actually a French date. So this isn't something new. And I believe 100% this is Newcastle United fans trying to show some respect and a big thank you to the new owners. Yeah, I agree. I think it was done with the right intentions. I think people were just so excited and they wanted to show that they're welcoming the owners and the people of Saudi Arabia with with open arms. And, and I think it was just out of support mainly, you know, going back to the the French day that we had, I believe it was the East Stand that we had the the flags which turned it into the into the French, you know, the country of France flag. Um and it was just to show support for the players that we had, likewise for the new owners. And I don't think there was anything negative meant by that. Of course, if some people have taken offence, then I think the club's obviously issued that statement and that should be respected now, obviously, and I trust that they'll make the right judgment on that situation. But I don't think there was any offence intended by that for supporters who have decided to do that. I think it was just to show support for the new owners. Yeah, me too. Well, if you want to catch me discussing that and... A lot of takeover stuff. Jump onto the uh, the Muslim Geordie podcast, 9 o'clock on Friday. As I say, we will be back with the three amigos on this channel, half five till half seven as usual. It means I've got a break for Coronation Street and then I can go and, <laughs> go and take part in them. Yeah, it's on, it's on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, Holly. So, you know, the plen plenty for you to catch up on. You can go back to the days of Albert Tatlock. And did you know that um, Ken Barlow, um, is the longest-running soap character, William Roach. He was in it from the very first episode. That's over 50 years ago, Holly. 
Oh, I didn't know that, Steve. I'm not a big Corey fan like you, but maybe I will be in a few weeks once I've caught up with it. <laughs> Good luck catching up on 50 years of the soup. I don't think anybody, I don't even think I can do that. Um, don't, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, please. If you want to uh, follow us on a regular basis, then please subscribe to the channel. And how do you do that? Well, you jump onto the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner, and it's simple as that. You can subscribe to the channel, and uh, it's free. Seven days a week, we do seven shows, all different types of shows, all different people on the shows, and uh, we try to keep it as regular as possible. So get yourself on uh, the subscription list. Another 100 people have joined us this week. Uh, we are slowly approaching the 45,000 mark, so please uh, keep on subscribing. Hit the thumb up to like the video. That does do us a massive favour. Click share to share it with our social media, such as Twitter, Facebook, Share it to like-minded Newcastle fans. And you can speak to many of them in the comments box down below and uh, potentially get a comment on screen. Uh, big thank you then to our main sponsor, SpiderVPN. For all your internet security, Google SpiderVPN. They come up at the top of your Google search list and they can protect you uh, from now. Uh, get yourself on to Garrett and the lads and they will help you. They are the boys to trust. Also to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. And uh, so Bobby getting in the uh, feel for a takeover there um, and uh, having a kick around in the desert with his pals. So thanks to uh, Scott and the lads once again for their support. LNG family funeral directors as well. 01913897245 for all your funeral needs. Give them a shout. And a big shout out to John at qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, which of course is nufcmatters.com. And we've got quite a lot on that website at the moment. Uh, finishing off with the uh, just one letter t shirt, uh, all proceeds of that are going to the food bank. Uh, get yourself on to nufcmatters.com. A lot of Christmas ideas on there as well. We are doing quite a bit for the food bank, as always on this show. Uh, the NUFC Matters raffle. Um, you can uh, raffle uh, tickets or a pound for the raffle. And NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is how you enter. Uh, pound a ticket. The winner is drawn on November the 26th. And those are customised uh, Peter Beardsley trainers and Peter will sign them and they will come in your size. I am the renovation has supplied them as a competition prize. Uh, don't forget as well, we have our regular T-shirt, uh, which is up for grabs on my Twitter at Steve Wraith. You just need to place a bid underneath. We'll be drawing that on Friday. Um, and that is a wonderful T-shirt with Amanda and their dad on hashtag custodian so get yourself onto my twitter at steve Braith. give us a follow as well and you can uh, enter that competition well i've got a few events coming up over the next couple of weeks as well tyneside irish center november the 19th is our belated christmas due tickets for that at 12 pound with all proceeds going to the food bank next week we have an evening with gavin peacock 29th of october which is on a friday night at the tyneside irish center again in newcastle tickets for that at 15 pound gavin will be launching his uh, book at that event and on the 26th of November at the Irish Centre as well, Peter Beardsley uh, tickets going for that, that quite well now as well, tickets for all three events, www.newcastlelegends.com and then just click shop 
and you can buy your tickets for those events. And next week as well, Thursday the 28th of October, uh, this one is an evening with Rob Lee in Whitley Bay. www.laurelswhitley.co.uk is where you buy your tickets for that one. And the last food bank event to mention tonight is uh, an evening with myself and Supervac. Um, that is in Jesmond at Bobix, bobix.com for your tickets for that. If you want to make a donation to the food bank, you can do 365 days of the year via the uh, match day bucket, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. You've still got time to enter into the raffle to win that watch. So uh, I think that runs uh, until the pool night, which uh, should take place hopefully at uh, the start of the new year. And uh, if you're looking for a Christmas idea, my book is on sale on Amazon, Every Boy's Dream, where I talk about my 37-year involvement uh, at Newcastle United, whether it was fanzines outside the Gallagher, whether it was selling Mars bars to start off Gaza, or whether it was working for the football club and finally signing a contract for the club that I love. All of those stories are in there. There might be a little reference to a coffin march in there as well, which I'm still not particularly proud of, but never mind. Okay, let's get back to the uh, the questions and uh, points that you want to make. Uh, Wotan says, Favre's CD is much better than Fonseca's. He's got a track record of coming in and making an immediate impact. Fonseca has several notable failures on his record. Yeah, I never mentioned him. I mean, again, pretty much like you, Holly, I'm having a, like, you know, basically go through the football handbook to, to check out some of the names that are getting put forward. Not too sure on him, but again, you know, his CV appears to be much better. But it's it's all about coming in and making that, that impact, isn't it? And if he does that, then maybe he could be the man to trust. Yeah, it is. It really just depends who clicks well. Because just because one manager does well at one club, it doesn't mean they're going to do well at another. So... I'm just going to trust in the new owners and hope that the manager that we do bring in is the right choice for us. Yeah. Uh, Sandel says, would like some legends to be part of stadium tour type stuff like Liverpool do, maybe kick about with the fans. Yeah, I mean, look, I have had, I had initial contact with the, with the new owners about that and pleased to say that they, they took on a few of the legends uh, to the game at the weekend. Um, managed to get a few of the lads through the doors and uh, that's the good thing about these owners. They are approachable. Um, they are people who uh, keep their word and ultimately it was great to see Rob Lee, Lee Clark, John Beresford, Keith Gillespie and Malcolm MacDonald all guest of Amanda and Mia that at the weekend and uh, they had a great time and Supermac came down to uh, the Dog and Parrot where we do our pre-match and post-match talk-ins and he was singing the praises and he was very, very impressed uh, with the Saudi contingent who he said spoke to him uh, for a considerable amount of time before during and after the game. So he, he, Malcolm, left with a huge impression. I'm sure you'll discuss that more on the show tomorrow night. By the way, we are on slightly earlier tomorrow. Um, I've got a, another work engagement. So three till four tomorrow with Supermac and Gibbo. John says, how long do you think those sports direct signs will have to be on show at our stadium? Do you think there was an agreement in place for a set time period? We thought that last week, didn't we, Holly? We thought that these sports direct signs might just be with us a little bit longer. Yeah, I think it's Ashley's final little thing to do out of spite just to get us one last time. But I would imagine it'll probably be till the end of the season and then I think you'll see them gone. Yeah, OK. Chris McCarthy says, Can anyone tell us why on earth Kieran Dyer was a pundit on Sky? Surely they could have got a proper legend in. Surprise, Graham Soonis wasn't sniffing about. It does annoy me, Holly, how many of these players who did, or managers who did badly at Newcastle or, or, or aren't well thought of, 
end up covering our games. Yeah, I know. I, I'm grateful that I don't watch a lot of our games on TV, if ever. The only time I did really was in lockdown because if I did, I'd probably just put it with no sound on because genuinely the punditry is 99% of the time biased against Newcastle, in my opinion. We do like one thing wrong in the street on it, constantly talking about what's going down all the time. It's just negativity all the time. And if we're winning, it's like they want us to get beat. It's just so frustrating at times. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, John also says, what a double standard from the 18 Premier League teams trying to prevent us from selling stadium rights to get some money. What did you make of that? It's a joke. It, it carries on with the theme of the past 18 months that we've had this constant battle with these teams. It's it's a cartel-like behaviour. You can't get away with it. I mean, you see Leicester, their stadium's called King Power. They have that on their shirts. So, and they voted against it. It doesn't really make a great deal of sense. And it's funny how they didn't seem to have a problem with Sports Direct and Flannels being a sponsor within the stadium when Mike Ashley was here. So now they have a have some kind of issue with it. I think they're going to constantly do this, unfortunately, though. I think they're going to try and do anything that they can, but I don't think they'll succeed with it because it isn't fair. Yeah, who was acting manager for the game on Saturday? It is Graham Jones will be stepping into the hot seat. Really going to be interested to see what side he picks. That is going to be very interesting. And I would love to think that Paul Dummett might just be back in and around the first team. Um, will we ever find out who the mole was? I'd love the mole to like pull off its mask and reveal itself. It would be, uh, be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, full English and a can of strongbow for Bruce in the morning on his sunbed in the Maldives, says Paul Gibson. Yes, and three million pound, and he's skyrocketed as well. I've stuffed down his speedos, one of the two. Um, it's uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's we've said this before, it's the one job where you get paid for failure, isn't it, Holly? Football manager, yeah, it is. It's certainly the right line of work to go into. Yeah, Phil Davison says, I was at Norwich away on a Tuesday night, if I remember correctly, for Mirandina's debut. That is right, mate. That was his debut under the under the bright lights of Carroll Road. And um, then he subsequently made a, a home debut after that. But yeah, you are right. It was Norwich away. Um, I've still got that on videotape somewhere. Yeah, the news footage, I think. Uh, Paul says, uh, now we're getting a new manager and probably new players in January. What do you think our chances are in the FA Cup this season? That's a really interesting question. Actually, I'd almost forgotten about it. I think I'd written it off when Steve Bruce was still here, but I'm probably going to be of the same opinion, to be honest. I think we've got far bigger priorities. I think we need to just focus on the league for this year and the FA Cup maybe in a few years, but this season, I think, yeah, we need to write that off. We might make it actually past the first round, which I wasn't confident of doing under Steve Bruce, but I don't think we'll get into the latter stages. Yeah, Mark says, I had a half Newcastle United, half Brazil bobble hat back in the days of Mirandina. Yeah, and then in the days of Roy Aiken, um, I think many older viewers will remember that we also had half Newcastle Celtic or half Newcastle Rangers hats. And when when Roy Aiken signed, the song for Roy Aiken used to be Feed the Bear. Um, and there was, there was all kinds of uh, backwards and forwards between the Gallagher and the scoreboard. It was absolutely hilarious. Good old, good old, good old days. Uh, that. Uh, Paul says, um, definitely right there, Steve, with me. No harm. Just think it's a media reaction in light of the takeover. Paul, I agree. This is getting back to what people were wearing at the match at the weekend. And we have to be prepared as a fan base, um, essentially, to, you know, to get more of this kind of attack on us because it's not going to go away and let's remember at the match on 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 Saturday there was there was a van going round one van had um uh Kasogi on 
and just had his, you know, his, the date of his death on. And, and I mean, that kind of political statement is going to be continually made towards us. And I think we just have to live with it, don't we, Holly? Yeah, I think we do. It's totally not right. I thought that van was totally out of order. And I think the fact that every time we speak about our football club, we get questioned about the human rights records in Saudi Arabia. I don't think it's right whatsoever because we're trying to be pushed into a corner where we should feel ashamed of supporting the football club that we have our whole lives, which is not right at all. Because ultimately, we're football fans, we support Newcastle and we want to see success on the pitch. So if we're going to get that, of course, we're going to be grateful. And I think these issues need to be dealt with outside of our football club and not have any participation from the fans. Yeah, OK. Uh, what are your thoughts on a potential signing of Dembele on a free? Yeah, I would certainly take that in January. I think we probably need about five players through the door. I think we certainly need a full-back, a centre-back, a midfield player and a backup striker. I think that's got to happen. Um, and ultimately, frees and loans, I would be very open to because we can't go and splash the cash too much because we want multiple players, which we're going to need, really, to help us in this relegation fight. So you can't just go and spend half the budget on one player. So I think if you can get people on frees and stuff, then that's certainly a good thing. Paul Gibson says, Classic Coronation Street is on some mad channel at six in the morning. It's the dog's wake-up call for a dump. <laughs> I'm not watching it at six in the morning, Steve, I'll tell you that. Rachel says, 60 years now. Sorry, Rachel. That, that's me. Yeah, my, my bad, I'm afraid. Chris says, uh, why was Charlie on the Premier League call, not Amanda? Um, the bottom line is, Chris, that when they went into the club, they told everybody just to continue as they were. So, uh, Lee Charnley... Um, is still chief executive of Newcastle United. So he is still the person who will, will have to deal with those kind of situations. I think it's rather smart move on on the new owner's behalf to, 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 to settle in gently. And um, that is why he's used to dealing with these people, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I guess he knows what to say, but I'm sure that will change, Chris, in due course. Keith says, William Roach is in his 80s now. Amazing. That's Ken Barlow. Of course, the longest serving character in Coronation Street. Um, Andrew says, I've heard Bruce is appearing in Emmerdale as the new Dingle. Do you watch Emmerdale? No, I don't watch any soaps. <laughs> Tom Dixon, I knew I'd have a fellow fan. I love watching the soaps, he says. Thanks, Tom. Coronation Street's definitely the best. William Roach is also high up in the Druids. Seriously, what's the Druids? I don't know. So I, I'm going. I've heard of the Druids. I've never researched it. I don't know what it is, so I'll have to look. Uh, Chris says Paul Gibson classic curry is much better than the new ones. See, there's a lot of a lot of chat about this. Um, okay. I'll tell you what. If the video gets a hundred likes, I'll watch one episode of Coronation Street. There you go. All right. Well, make sure you watch the second one of Mondays. The second okay. one of Mondays, and then I guarantee you'll want to watch tonight. Uh, Kamal says, uh, hi, Steve. I'm from Bahrain. I'm a Newcastle fan from the early 90s. I personally don't find the dress offensive. Just a laugh. Respect for the time and will pass. Same thing with Man City fans' early days. Thanks for that. Uh, good good to get your input. Uh, does Steve Bruce get compensation for leaving, says Imran? Yes, he gets, allegedly, where we believe, around about £3 million. Uh, to sack the rest of the coaching staff is another five. So it's around about £8 million severance. Uh, uh, for everybody, so that's what it is. Kia Foster says, So, is it kilts next home game or not? Kilts, why would it be kilts? Have I missed something there to honor Ryan Fraser? Maybe 
Yeah, maybe so. Chris says, hello, what a year having to have your Christmas party 11 months late. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, we're always going to be a year behind now, aren't we? I never really thought of that. Uh, Wayne says, how the hell is the Premier League getting away with this ban on getting sponsors? If this doesn't show that they're targeting us. I don't know what it is. I should have been national news everywhere. But they did pick up on it eventually. Um, but ultimately, it, it does look as if they're still gunning for us, doesn't it, Holly? Yeah, it does. That's probably going to be the case for a while yet, but I think all we need to do is focus on what we're doing and hope that if we need to end up getting legal people involved, then we'll be able to sort that issue. Yeah, good news, Holly. You're going to be watching Coronation Street. Uh, 100, 117 likes uh, tonight. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> I didn't want people to like the video. You should have put the thumbs down instead, honestly. Oh, there we go. Kilts is for Gerard. Yeah, I see oh, what right. you. I see what you're doing there. Uh, Mike says, "I hope you're not uh, a fan of Neighbours, Steve. There used to be a character in Neighbours called Mike. Now, I've got to be honest. Back in the old days, when I was younger, um, I did watch all of the soaps. I used to watch. I used to watch um, Crossroads, Emmerdale, Coronation Street, Brookside, Neighbours, Home and Away, The Bill." because they called that a soap, even though I didn't really think it was a soap. But I used to watch them all. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was a fan of Neighbours. But, I tell um, you what, you're lucky your taste in music's all right, because your taste in TV is horrendous. <laughs> it's escapism. Uh, but it was because my grandparents and my mum used to watch soaps, so that was what I was stuck with watching when I was a kid. I watch Emmerdale. It's the, it's the only fresh air I get, says Gary. Gary, you go at the match. You get fresh air there when you're not in a bar. Uh, Adam says, hope you're nearly back to 100%. Uh, John, you enjoyed the atmosphere of the weekend. Oh, Adam, talking, having a private conversation with John, and I've tapped into it. Yeah, John from QTech, good to see him. Oh, yeah, there's some absolute classic. This is turning into like a Liam uh, Kennedy show. Um, yeah, we'll go. Even El Dorado says, Dan. Now, El Dorado was a BBC soap set in the sun, right? They spent millions of pounds on it, and it was an absolute flop, Holly. And the reason it was a flop, because they had the Spanish speaking in Spanish, the Danish speaking in Danish on British TV at prime time on a seven o'clock on a seven o'clock show. Absolutely that mental. Sounds like man. That sounds like something Steve Bruce would organise, to be fair. Mark Bias says, Did you ever watch El Dorado? Steve, yes, I did. Marcus Tandy was the villain. See, I was watching all these villains in the mindset when I became an actor, I could do that. That's why I was watching them really. Uh Ginger says, Steve, I honestly think it'll be Fonseca because Spurs wanted him at the beginning of the season. Ginger, I would say you're probably right. He seems to have been he seems to have become the favourite amongst the bookies. And that's you know, the bookies are rarely wrong. Um, what is this? Riot. Hi, Steve. Met you once when I was in sixth form and you were a top bloke to me and let me interview you. Uh, my question is, are you excited to see some fringe players with a new lease of life, such as Lewis and Fraser? Well, Ryan, I'm glad we met and I'm, I hope your interview turned out as it, as it should have done. Um, yes, I am pleased we've got a new manager. I'm pleased we've got a new owner and I'm pleased that potentially we might see a little bit of a little bit of, um, you know, encouragement of the youth now as well. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I am happy about that. As for Fraser, he makes a difference when he comes on. Um, Lewis, I'm sure, will flourish under a, under a better coach. Um, I do think if Eddie Howe comes in, Fraser's days will be numbered. Um, but, but yeah, 100%, Ryan, I am. Holly, what about you? Yeah, I think that's one thing I'm looking forward to most to Crystal Palace, seeing how some players get a new lease of life, a new confidence boost and seeing how they perform. Fraser, 
Yeah, I think he'll probably do all right. He does make a difference when he comes onto the pitch. Lewis, for me, I'm not sure about him. I think it'll really depend who we do bring in as manager. Um, because if you bring a manager with a more attacking style of football, then I think he could flourish. But if we've got a very defensive manager that comes in, someone that likes maybe a five at the back, what we were currently playing, I don't think he'll really suit it because he is a very attacking fullback. He's not a very defensively minded player. Holly, what's your favourite music, says Tom? I mean, this is like, this sometimes <laughs> happens. I've just seen Staffy go, I thought this was a football show, not about soaps. Because I'm with I'm with you, Holly. Um, but Tom's now going down the music avenue. Sometimes this happens on this show, and as we say, the people in the chat do tend to control the direction. Um, number one band for me is probably Arctic Monkeys. I like Oasis as well, and Stone Roses is a big favourite of mine. I, I like Sam Fender as well. He's slowly rising his way up there, so that's probably the top three bands for me. There you go. Mark Edward Brown says, if they bring back Crossroads, they can cast Steve Bruce's Benny. Benny was like a thick character. Um, with a with a woolly hat on, um, so yeah, I can imagine him playing playing that. Jan says, uh, "I don't have a TV for the last five years. No regrets." I, I could understand. probably live without a TV. To be fair, I can understand people doing that. To be fair, Mike says London Burning was good as well. Yeah, I remember London Burning. That was again. People wouldn't say it was a soap at the time. They look back on it now as a soap. A bit like Casualty. That's become a soap. But yeah, that was about fire fire uh, people firefighters in London. Craig Fairbrass, actually from Rise of the Foot Soldier, starred in that. Uh, we just have to condition people to like the new NUFC. They will come around to the new status quo, says Kirk. Uh, Anton says, which players would you like to see given a fresh start who haven't had many minutes? Well, this is a little bit like Ryan's question. Under the coach, they could get a new spark. Mine would be Dummett, definitely for me. Lewis, Definitely for me, Fraser. Definitely for me. And Anderson, yeah, we'll find out whether he's good enough. I don't think you could probably pick many more, Holly, could you? Not really. We don't have much squad depth. I think those four are probably the four that you would be looking at. And certainly Dummett for me, because I'm a big fan of Dummett. Yeah, 999 was great. Says Jabba Dabba Do. 999. Is that is that still on? I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, Jabba and Abu, thank you for becoming members. Much appreciated. Uh, Adam says, Holly and Steve, chips with curry sauce or chips with gravy? I like, I like 50% both and tomato sauce on top. That's not right, that like Steve. I'm sorry, but that's just like all. I, like I like a mince pie, right? A proper mince pie, gravy, mushy peas, a bit of curry sauce and a bit of tomato sauce. What are you do? I mean, that's acceptable, but till you add the curry sauce and the tomato, that's just wrong. That's not like on at all. It's like people that put tomato sauce in their Sunday dinner. I swear to God, if you I do, don't that, do that, if you did that, I would leave the podcast. Hold on a minute, doesn't your dad do that? Yes, ah, I thought I'm thinking, who would have does that? Oh, yes, dear, dad, hot pot, soup, if everything it's not on, it's sick, it's wrong. <laughs> Oh my god, anyway, I nearly had a meltdown over food. Food's a favorite topic of conversation of mine, you know. I swear we had like an hour long conversation the other week about food, but anyway, I've got to um, be honest, our away trips are sponsored by Mrs. Blades, anyway. She makes a good pack lunch, amazing sandwiches, and the plates. Don't forget the plates. People go, Do you um, not drink when you go to a away game, Steve? I go, No, I just go in the car with Holly and her dad because I get fed. <laughs> We've got about a year's supply of water and pop, to be honest. You've probably still got a year's supply of sandwiches after the last trip. I don't know where she thought we're going to. I thought that she must have thought we're going to the moon with William Shatner. 
I think she's sick of me talking rubbish about Newcastle. She was hoping I was going to stay down there. <laughs> well, to answer the question, yeah. that's a really hard question. I'll go chips and curry, though. Okay, there we go. Simple simple answer to a simple question. Retro Andy says, Dream Team was the best soap. Now, Dream Team was a football soap. Now, I think you would enjoy that one. Uh, uh, maybe, but it's going to take a lot of convincing to get me to watch soaps. Like. Yeah, but it was a football-orientated one. Anybody remember Murphy's Mob? Now, that was a kids' programme. Or Joshie's Giants, which actually was based in and around Newcastle. And Joshie's Giants actually visited Newcastle United in one of the episodes when Willie McFall was the manager. So, again, that's well worth watching. Ah, 999, Jabba Dabba Do, I've got you now. BBC One with Michael Burke. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, pack it in, Steve. You're getting me hungry, says Mark Henderson. <laughs> Andrew says, my selection is like a tray of vomit. He's not wrong. It's absolutely sick. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Um, Chris says, drop the cells as captain, please. I would. You're not going to get any arguments from me on that. No, not at all. In and fact, I would say he's a good centre-back, but a bad captain. I'm sorry, but I don't think he's a good centre-back either. Nah, I, I mean, it was a surprise to see him back in. Um, don't get us started on Shelby, uh, for God's sake, because he was an absolute nightmare. And he got, to get sent off after spending so much time not even getting a game was ridiculous. But no, the cells, nah, no good for me, I'm afraid. Jordio uh, says, vinegar on your Sunday dinner is lush. Yeah, also, that's a question I want to put to the viewers as well, though. Lime Coke, is it acceptable or not? Because I need to know the answer. But yeah, it, it, that's just wrong. Vinegar, yeah, that was, tomato That was Lime right? Coke, not Lime of Coke, which it did sound no, like. Yes. Um, before lime. I get reported for um, encouraging drug taking on a podcast, no. uh, because I know that some of the uh, some of our viewers do like to record our show, take it completely out of context, and feed it uh, feed it off to people in in an attempt to get us into trouble. Um, vinegar on your Sunday dinner is lush. I, I definitely no. wouldn't advise that. But yeah, lime coke. You've got ten minutes to give Holly the answer. Is coke or diet coke with lime in? Is it acceptable? Um, Paul says Bruce likes all sauces mentioned extra garlic though yeah I would agree uh, Graham Coleman says Dummett's a good left back he's not an attacking left back he does exactly what it says on the tin yeah I'll, would you start Dummett on a regular basis a fully fit Paul Dummett yeah because I think he's a steady Eddie I think he's someone you can constantly rely on he's not fantastic but he's not rubbish and you know he's always going to put in a solid shift yeah, after the takeover, I've been playing Money, Money, Money by ABBA every day, says Jan. I think that's brilliant. Uh, Junior Turner, welcome, mate. The man who wrote that fantastic song. We'll have to get you on, Junior. You keep uh, popping into the chat. I keep meaning to say we'll get you on. We'll get you on have a chat. I must get Paul Martin on as well about his Amanda song. It would be good to uh, be good to get you both on at some point. So uh, drop us a message, Junior, and we will... Uh, we will get you on. Uh, lots of uh, lots of comments now coming in about uh, about about sources. Emily, this did make me laugh. Paddy Conroy, the David Ike of the crime world. Yeah, is he still rabbiting on about me? Um, Kirk says brown sauce kills the taste of ship cooking. I think I, I, I'm not sure it was supposed to be ship, but I think we'll get what you meant. Fish and chips with curry sauce is a great combo. Um, I've been to a couple of, um, I've been to Coleman's on the coast and I've done that. I've done the fish and chips, the mushy peas, the gravy, the curry sauce and the tomato sauce at Coleman's. What, all together? Uh, and a bun with butter. This is stressing me out, this. I genuinely think I need to lie down after this show. Uh, Life Goes says, Holly, how much for you to shave your hair after Steve grows his out for a year? 
priceless. That's never happening. Honest to God. Oh my I, God. What makes you think I can grow hair now? I kind of grow hair. I did. I tried to grow it for a play a few years ago and it looked ridiculous. It really did. And I hadn't tried. And bear in mind, I wasn't bald when I started shaving my head. Um, I just liked having a skinhead. And ultimately, it won't grow back now uh, in certain places. And it just looked ridiculous. It looked, it was fluffy. It was just bizarre. In fact, I'll dig a photograph out. I'll put it on the show at some point. Brown sauce in a tatty pot, uh, potato, says Brian. Wait, what? Brown sauce in a potato? <laughs> Thomas Nielsen says, Danish Toon fan here. Um, he says, you reckon the club might keep their foreign fans in mind ticket-wise? Hasn't been a problem for years, but going forward with the loyalty system, we're going to have trouble. Thomas, it's something that I'll certainly push towards the club. I think we need to let them get in, get their feet under the table. They need to get their um, get the manager in. And I think then they can start looking at things off the pitch. But it's gotta it's gotta come into play in some way, shape, or form, I'm afraid. I, I do think they've got to look after the foreign fans. So I certainly think getting together with supporters all over the world is, is gonna be a big thing. And I think these people get it. They will do it. Giorgio, this is a question that Liam Kennedy's been asked. Is a hot dog a sandwich, Holly? No, not at all. It's not? No. Okay. Keith says, uh, loved heartbeat. Couldn't stand that program, like didn't like it at all. Um, that was about a, a, a rural police officer in the 1960s, and it was always like 60s music. It was the kind of stuff your granny used to watch on a Sunday night. Uh, George says Joe Linton has got to be the first to get the bullet. Um, oh God. Some people arguing on Twitter at the weekend saying he was well best player on Sunday. I really do not know what some of these people are watching. Bobby Charlton uh, was in Jossie's Giants. Yes, Emily was. Captain Keyfart says the Machine Gunners. Where are you going now? That was right. I remember that. That was filmed in Newcastle. I knew a couple of the actors in that. I went to theatre school with them. Uh, Paul Paul Gibson says, TJ Hooker looks like he's been cloned on Sonic. He can't be 90, man. The revs of the rocket would have given him a heart attack. I'm not sure what that's about. Have you ever seen Waterloo Road, says Thomas Wilson? Um, I've never watched it. Now, that's the, the school thing, isn't it? Not like I've never heard of it. Denise, Denise is in it. Uh, Denise Welsh. Definitely. I've definitely heard of it. I've watched the other one on Channel 4. Um, which is about school, but that's it. I'm trying to find something about. Uh, I'm trying to find something about um, lime and coke before we finish. George leave J Seven alone says yeah no. Um, Lake goes says did you ever see the football soap on Sky One in the early 2000s? Really cheesy, not football as well. Dream Team it was mentioned earlier. What a joke Shelby was not fit to wear the colours again. You've got to agree with that, Holly. He was disgraceful. Yeah, he was. I was. I couldn't believe what I was seeing to be honest. But then. He like made that comment about how he was so excited for the new owners coming in, and he certainly didn't look like he wanted to play under the new owners when he came onto the pitch. I don't know what the necessity of that like challenge was, and then he got sent off. And is he going to be banned? Uh, banned for Palace? He will be. It'll be a one game ban, won't it? it? Was two yellow cards? So it'll be one game, I think. I think so. Which is just a yeah. disgrace, really. Yeah, we'll go up. Junior Turner says lime coke is like tomato sauce on a Sunday dinner. Facts. Junior <clears> knows what he's talking about. Uh, Mark says, I used to cover my potatoes in tomato ketchup. Uh, depends if, says, it depends if they roast or boiled. Kenny says, it's got to taste better than the crap served up in the East Stand outlets. Uh, Tom says, mint sauce and cranberry sauce on your Sunday dinner. I always have mint sauce on my Sunday dinner. Like. Nah, I'm not a fan of either, but it's acceptable. Rachel says, I've never had lime coke, Holly, but would try it. Don't, Rachel. This is all stem, yeah. Look, lime coke, that's a thing. Yes, send me some, says Mark. You don't want it, Mark. It's horrible. Jodio says, very acceptable. 
No, my God, no. Vinegar on your Sunday lunch, you should be locked up, says Chris McCarthy. Um, I'm sure I've turned into the wrong show. We're now on food. Lol. No holly to lime coke. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I prefer rum coke, says Andrew. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's all right. Dave Beanie says, yes, lime coke. Thank you, Dave. Oh Warrington Minge in the house. Thank you, mate. Um, I, look, I genuinely just like to confess that it was me who had lime coke on one of our away trips to Old Trafford in Manchester, and uh, Holly couldn't believe it. And uh, I, yeah, but it was all right. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Junior says he'd love to come on. Uh, Richie for Richie for captain. The wee Raji says, Wotan, you know what my answer's going to be? If he's played in the right position, he should get the captain's on band, Matt Ritchie. What would you say, Holly? Yeah, I think he's the best captain we have currently at the club. You know, I thought Ritchie was man of the match for us against Spurs, but I didn't want to say that to you, Steve, because then I would just probably get a whole <laughs> spiel about why Matt Ritchie's brilliant. I bet he watches Coronation Street. Uh, I love HP. And drinks line coke. And drinks line coke. HP brown sauce on me mince and dumplings, says Brian Barron's. Uh, lime and uh, lime is okay, says Jabba Dabba Do. Uh, here we go. Are we talking lime the fruit slice in the glass or lime flavored coke? It's lime flavored coke, like the cherry one, uh, Blue Moon Boy. You can buy it in all good outlets. Never tried lime coke, says Tom Dixon. Get on it, mate. Get on it. Uh, Junior Turner, what a bloody singer, says Andrew. Yes, he's a very good singer, uh, a good pal of mine as well. Can I wear a curly wig uh, if Gerard comes, says the black and white knight? <laughs> Maybe uh, in four years' time, uh, I'll be playing simply the best. Uh, Yabba Dabba Dusha Shelby will move as actor Voldemort in the future. Richie drinks pure diesel, says Luke Rob. Uh, and uh, Andrew says the Alwell Eden Junior Turner show was brilliant. Richie is a good shout, but have his legs gone? Yes, they have, but at left back and left midfield. I think he can do a job in the middle, at least for this season. First player you would sign in January. I'll give this one to you, Holly, before we finish. Definitely a striker as a backup for Callum Wilson. And my yeah. answer's very different now to what I would have given because I was probably going to be looking at someone that's on a free or is like less than five million. But now I think we could probably spend at least 15 on a striker. I think it's a fair price. Um, names, I don't know. I haven't even thought about transfers yet. What do you think about Jesse Lingard? He was there, at, uh, or his representatives were certainly at the game at the weekend, and that was a uh, that was an interesting photograph to take. We could get him. I'm not a big Lingard fan, to be honest, for Man U and for England, but I wouldn't say no to him, to be honest. No? Okay, well there we go. Uh, lots of comments coming in as we finish, but uh, the clock has beaten us unfortunately, and Tom Dixon says... Watch an Emmerdale because it's starting now. I'm not watching it tonight. I'll no, watch no, don't it watch it. Don't watch that, man. Go and watch Cora. Okay, great stuff as always, Holly. And uh, we will be back on Sunday uh, after your trip to Palace. I'm not going this weekend. Uh, I believe you are. So uh, looking forward to your match report and uh, hearing what your uh, you and your dad think of the. Uh, no line coke will be consumed. No, no line coke will be consumed. Good to see you, Holly. Take care. Have a safe trip and see you on Sunday. You too. Night. Bye. Back with your critics attack, it feels like.
talking to myself again.